Yeah, I wanted to actually, um, uh, if you could bring up uh, ClickShare, I think it's active. If you guys could bring it up. I actually want to, before I, I'm preaching out of Joshua chapter one today, um, and I'll share with you the sermon title in a minute, but I actually wanted to speak about our seats, and I think the Holy Spirit's already done it uh, for us. I'm gonna keep track of time. We've got a good timer. Here we go. So I wanna talk about navigating the decade of shaking. I know the word decade probably isn't happy for you guys, um, but we actually had a word about that in 2020. I spoke about several messages on entering a liminal space, which is a basically a hallway between one dimension into another. And when you exit one dimension and you move into another, you're in this place of uncertainty, you're not quite sure where you're going, you don't know what it looks like, you've not entered into the new side, you're in, in the gap in between. And uh, we talked about three potential waves of shaking and troubles on the earth uh, during the decade of the 2020s. Um, so here's a couple things I wanna say. Uh, we talked about several waves. This is the stuff the Lord's been speaking to us about very, very clearly, that there was a cleansing fire of God right now, a sifting out of the chaff and an urgency for repentance to actually see our hearts cleared, actually allow, Lord, I can't do this. Lord, this stuff in my life that's here, I need your fire to take it. The promise for the church is that the shaking will be positive, that what needs to come alive will come alive, what needs to be healed will be healed, and that the church is gonna rise up, regain her voice, she's gonna come out victorious, she's gonna rise up in faith and hope, and she's gonna be an answer that the world needs. So the shaking's positive for the church, for the world. It's a wake-up call. It's a call to repentance. It's a call to receive Jesus. And we're seeing that. We're seeing that in a lot of ways. Bob Jones, when he spoke about this season, the sevenfold storm said it would be a health crisis, a political crisis, political governmental. It would be a social crisis. It would be a geo, uh, geophysical, like climate crisis. It would have... Um, all sorts of unrest. There were seven aspects to the storm and we're seeing that unfold in our midst. So in the midst of that, we're called to have faith, we're called to have hope, we're called to stand in who we are as the church and where we need to, to be in a place of repentance. So just wanna say that for the church, um, it's a decade of the mouth, it's from pay, which is one of the Numbers in the 5780s, 84 is the year right now in the Jewish calendar. And so what we speak matters. And here's the phrase, let the church say so. There's something about what we declare and say through our mouth in this season of shaking that actually matters. So as you know, we did some declarations around our city, around the state about what God is doing on the earth and what God is doing for revival. We buried some revival dirt, made a variety of declarations. I would encourage you, what you speak in this season matters. It really, really is important. Also, the, the year that we've just entered, 5784, is a year for sharper hearing from God, visions and dreams. Some of you are gonna have recurrent dreams through the night. You're gonna have a sharpening of dreams, a sharpening of hearing God, and I want you to pay attention to that. If you get dreams, and uh, we do have a dream interpretation team, you're not sure what those dreams are, what they mean, um, write them down, document, because God is intending to speak very, very clearly to his church right now. It's a season where he wants to, us to hear his voice. 
What we're looking for is third heaven answers to first, second, first heaven problems and second heaven influence. What I mean by that is I need to know what heaven is saying in the situation, not what I see circumstantially in the world that's shaking or what the demonic realm's doing. I'm focused on heaven's answers. And we will get that through hearing God. So it's a, season, it's a year of sharper hearing from God. It's also a year of the open door. We talked about this last week. New assignments and kingdom advancement. So this is this mystery. We're actually shaking, but it's an invitation for advancement. And it's an invitation to rise up in faith and hope, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, and to move forward with the cleansing fire of God, the fear, the awesomeness of God. In fact, we're in the 10 days of awe in the Jewish calendar between the, uh, the new year and Yom Kippur, which I think is on Tuesday this week. Um, tonight, it is tonight, excuse me. I knew it was coming up. I hadn't counted my days. Um, so it's coming up tonight and it's, it's a place of, we've just said yes to the Lord. Um, Lord, let your cleansing fire come. But it's positive for us it's challenging for the world. Um, so here's what's gonna happen. There will be a victorious adopting church and a world ripening for harvest. I wanna look at the positive side, not what the enemy's doing in the midst of this, but I wanna look at the fact that the church is being raised up and the ripening of for harvest is happening in the world around us. So let's have eyes and ears. And this is what we've articulated. I gave... Um, uh, an acronym called Highwire three or four weeks ago when I talked about this. It's, um, there's the, the word Highwire, spiritually preparing to cross through the liminal space that we're in as we enter this particular season right now. And there's the picture of what it looks like. Um, I, I don't know what that guy's walking over, but it looks a little <laughs> scary to me. And, uh, and it's the idea that in the Lord, there's perfect balance, and we will walk from one space to the other with our eyes on him. And so um, high wire stood for something. Here's what high means. Hearing God for ourselves. Again, we need third heaven answers. So I actually really believe part of this year is actually a, a season of opening of the ears and opening of the eyes to hear. So I'm just gonna declare over us, Lord, that the church right now will hear third heaven answers for first heaven problems and second heaven interference. Lord, that we will hear what heaven has to say. We will not be distracted. And I thank you, Father, that you're opening our eyes and ears and that this is actually a season of great increase for us in hearing the voice of the Lord. In Jesus' name. I stood for intimacy, learning to attune to God in the circumstances, operating from the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, all those different ones, self-control, actually comes as we are relationally connected and attuned to Hesed love, which is, comes from the Father. And as we're attuned with love, who is a person, we're actually able to respond to the circumstances around it by attuning to him versus our circumstances that would make us freak out, be good, bad, or scary, all that kind of stuff. And so intimacy is important uh, right now in this hour. G stands for grace and goodness. I just was overwhelmed in worship with the grace and goodness of the Lord. Um, I, there are several things in my family that I have seen in the last 10 days which speak to me very clearly of the God's supernatural presence, his supernatural grace, and his goodness towards me. 
towards our family, and I'm just kind of undone by that right now today. But I want to declare that, that God is good. His grace is sufficient. His power is made perfect in our weakness. And so we're gonna be high-wired. We're gonna hear God. We're gonna be intimate. We're gonna focus on grace and good. It's not fear and worry. And the Holy Spirit is gonna be so key. His power, his fruit. We're gonna be um, literally rocked. We talked about 10 days of miracles. And uh, I was just at a retreat with some Bethel leaders. And I can't tell you the miracle the stories that we heard um, of God moving miraculously. We told two last week here, and we heard a variety of others, and I just want to declare that the Holy Spirit's power and his fruit will be manifest in this church and in our lives. And I don't know if any of you have a miracle that happened this week. Just raise a hand. Did any of you have a miracle? Look at the hands. There are several miracles that occurred. We talked about this. Thank you, Jesus. Where do we expect that in this hour? So there's the acronym, HI. Let's took, look at WIRE for a moment. The word in worship. The lion of the tribe of Judah is on the move. He is roaring, and when the lion roars, Judah means praise. And when the lion roars, it's like Second Chronicles 20. It's when the enemy shakes and is destroyed as the worship warriors move forward. So soaking in word, soaking in worship is absolutely crucial right now. We had a, somebody came up with a word on that um, that I didn't release this morning. But this idea that you saw the Lord respond to our worship today. And as you worship, God is going to respond from heaven. It literally shifts things in the reality of heaven's realm. The I stands for our identity. I want you to see yourself seated with Christ in heavenly places that means everything's under his feet. The devil's a defeated foe. And he's seated at the right hand of the Father's power. And we're seated next to Christ. And all we have to do is reach out and find mercy and help in our time of need. Because he's our great high intercessor. And so our identity is there. We're going to set our identity there, church. That's where we are. We are going to remain hidden in him. Psalm 91. We're going to remain relational. And we're going to return to joy when we're triggered with stuff that's going on around us. And we're also going to E, expect revival and evangelistic grace and divine protection. This is a time when, if you know the history, Egypt was judged with 10 plagues. But starting with the, the flies, that plague onward... Israel was in the land of Goshen and was divinely protected from that which shook Egypt. They passed through the Red Sea unharmed and Egypt's army was destroyed. It's a picture that we live in a land of Goshen. When God judges the world, the people of God are divinely protected. Does that make sense? We're no longer under wrath. We're not under judgment in that sense. We are refined like the Israelites were in the wilderness where the Egypt gets out of us, the unbelief gets out of us, so that we come into faith and we can actually enter into the promises. So we're going to expect revival, we're going to expect personal and regional as well as evangelistic grace, people just asking to know Jesus, ready to receive that and divine protection. All right, enough said. Here's what I said last week, because I'm doing Joshua chapter one, I did a preparatory message 
Here's how God prepared Joshua. And I just want to say, I felt like the Lord said, I have prepared my church for this hour. I'm preparing this house and I prepared this house to walk into the fullness of the promises that I have for them. And here's what Joshua, how he was prepared. First of all, he saw the power and miraculous hand of God when he was delivered from the world system. And so, Lord, I thank you for miraculous power right now for those that still need it to be delivered from the world system. For family members, for friends, for neighbors, for those that are on our heart, that, Lord, we remember the testimonies of what you have done in the past, and we declare that that prepares us for the now and the miracles we need in the now. We thank you for those of us that have gone through a deliverance from the world system. We thank you that you've broken the back of the enemy, you've broken sin, and you brought us into a land of fruitfulness, into the desert of intimacy, and you are now bringing us into the promised land. And I thank you for your power and miraculous hand on our behalf. Secondly, he spent time in God's presence. We saw the story that Joshua, when Moses stood at the tent of meeting and the pillar of fire uh, at night and the cloud by day stood in front that Moses spoke face to face. And then when Moses would go out and do his duties of leading the people, Joshua would remain in the tent and connect with the Lord. Joshua was actually with Moses on the mountain. So our time of face-to-face contact, intimacy with the Lord in his word and in, his, in worship and in his presence prepares us for the now season. He also served as Moses' aid. There's this principle that when we serve another man or woman's vision, we actually receive an inheritance and we're promoted into our own vision. God is actually looking for servants that will actually be about his work so he can promote us into the more. And so Moses' title was actually, he was an aide, and that's what qualified him to lead the nation when Moses uh, passed and went with the Lord. And he finally, he learned the lessons of the desert, worship, dependence, faith, God-sustaining grace. So Lord, I thank you that we've learned through COVID, we've learned through our history with you, that everything depends on our worship. Everything depends on you because we are dependent on you, not our circumstances or finances. And we have faith and you will sustain us in this liminal space as the world shakes. Now, you'll notice I'm speaking spiritually, not physically. The Lord may speak to you about things to do. However, I'm interested that we realize that we can wander for 40 years and our shoes won't wear out and our clothes won't wear out. As it says in Deuteronomy 8, and man lives not by bread that he makes with his hands, but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And we'll learn that we are dependent on him and he is faithful. So we've learned that just like Joshua. Joshua also trusted in God's promise. He was commissioned by Moses and was willing to go in spite of an impossible situation. The river he's about to cross when we walk into Joshua here, it was at flood stage. They actually estimate In biblical times, it's completely different now because of the rain patterns, but in biblical times, it was a third to a half mile across and up to 10 feet deep flowing in flood stage during the harvest. That's an impossibility to bring a million plus people across into the promised land. And so God is going to actually stop up the river in a town called Adam, which means man, Adam, 
and actually allowed them to cross into dry ground. So it's an impossibility, but they stepped in in faith, as we'll see. So this is what prepared Joshua. Joshua was the prepared, and I felt like the Lord said, I prepared my church, and I am continuing to prepare my church, and I will prepare my church as we move forward. So I'm gonna read Joshua 1.9. I'm gonna close this up. I don't wanna do slides all day. I actually want you to listen to the text. I'm gonna read... Um, from this, right, let, me, let me figure out how to escape out. Um, I did have some points, but I actually really felt like um, I want us to listen to the text. So I'm shutting this down. I can put my Bible on top of it. That'll be awesome. <laughs> Bible over technology, it's gonna work. All right, I'm in Joshua chapter one. If you'll turn there, I'm in the New King James, um, Exodus, Joshua. I'm gonna read the first nine verses. I'm gonna take this sermon in two parts. I want you to listen to the words. I'm gonna unpack some of them for you. Joshua chapter one, verse one. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given it to you, as I said to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and to the great sea towards the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you. This would be like to resist the advance of the kingdom all of the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do all that's according to the law, which Moses, my servant, command you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that's written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous or successful and you will have good success. Have I not commanded you be strong and of good courage? Do not be afraid nor be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. For those of you in the Bible class, that's a classic chiasm there. Be strong and courageous. Do not fear, I'm with you. Book ends in the middle the word of the Lord, the word of the Lord. Um, by the way, those of you that are signing up for the healing rooms, I know a number of you are in the Bible class. It's after the Bible class Zoom call is over. So you can do both if that's your call. Um, all right, sidetrack, done. Um, what I wanna say first of all is this. Joshua was a transitional leader. He was, we're called to be the same. What I mean by this is Moses, the prior generational leader, has died, and now God says to Joshua, his aide, 
It's time for you, arise, go over this Jordan, take the land that I'm giving you and I have given to you. Take it and bring all the people in. So a transitional leader actually is coming out of one season and is leading into a new season. Right now, the body of Christ needs a new generation of leaders that can actually move with transitionary impact to adjust and adapt and bring us into a new way of functioning in a new kingdom era. Am I making sense here? The era shifted. No longer were they dependent on the fire by day, and, or excuse me, by night, the cloud by day, manna from heaven that fell on the ground and water from a rock, but they were going to go into a land that depended on rain from heaven and they were going to harvest. Notice they're gonna cross the river in just a minute during harvest. This would be the early harvest, the barley harvest. In fact, we know the date they crossed. It was the 10th of Nisan, which is during the Passover week. Uh, if you know your history, uh, he came in, uh, Jesus rode in triumphal entry on the 10th of Nisan. He was raised from the dead on the 17th of Nisan. And so it's a time of entry. It's a time of the king establishing what he's doing. And God needs transitionary leaders that will take that banner and run. The former has passed. The new is upon us. It's a bridge of the generations. God right now is preserving the best for the last. Those that have been raised up, and there's gonna be a number of young leaders that we're gonna to need to recognize that are being raised up in this hour for the new hour. And those of us that have been fathers and mothers for decades as leaders are gonna to need to recognize there's the new Joshua, there's the new Deborah, there's the new so-and-so. God is raising them up. They need a voice in this hour. There's a transition happening with that and the understudies have been prepared by the Lord. I notice what's interesting is we have nothing in the text that Moses trained Joshua for leadership. All he did was put his hands on and says, it's now your son. The Lord himself trained those leaders in intimacy and in hiding to prepare them for this hour. And I tell you, there are leaders right now that are sitting in this house that are being prepared for this transitionary leadership season. They're appointed by God. They're gonna move in faith. They're gonna move in raw power. They will not look at the impossibilities that stand before them and everywhere that they take their foot and tread, God will give them that territory. Because their heart is full of faith, they've been trained by the desert and they've learned that man does not live by what we produce with our hands, but on faith in the promises of God, his faithfulness, his goodness, his grace, and he will do what he said. This is gonna be the heart of these transitional leaders. And I tell you, they're here. We need eyes to see them. So Lord, I thank you. I bless transitional leaders right now that will take the torch, the mantle, the, what did I do in, in, what was it called, the baton, when I was in track? I remember I'd, I'd run and I'd hand it, and I'd grab this and I'd take it and I'd run my lap. So Lord, I bless the leaders that you're raising up to run their race. By the way, it's intergenerational. We're all gonna run. Just because there's a transference of new, you know, transitional leaders raising up does not mean that those of us that have been leaders for a while are fading. We're still in the race. We still have a role. 
I really feel strongly about this. We need these. Some of you are beginning to recognize I'm called. Some of you are about to graduate into your calling. But I just tell you, it's time that you take your place. So it, actually, I'm gonna speak to any of you that feel like I could be one of those transitionary leaders. I'm gonna just have you stand and stand up and I'm just gonna bless you as that leader to take your place, it could be many, in the new season. You know it, there's something in your heart that says, for such a time as this, I've been called to this hour, I've been called to this place. And God is, I mean, God is ready to set his hand on you and commission you. So Father, I thank you for these leaders. I thank you for these that you have called, that you have set in place that you prepared for this hour for a, either a new season of leadership. They've already been leaders for a while, but they know there's a new season. There's a new mantle, a new grace. I bless them in Jesus' name. I bless their voice. I bless the grace of the Holy Spirit to rest on them. I bless them as the Joshua's, the Caleb's, the Deborah's of their day that are gonna rise up and take their place of leadership and articulate a voice that moves the people of God into victory. I thank you, Father, that they are not overcome with the world, with the fear of, uh, but with the fear of the Lord, and they will have third heaven answers for second heaven problems and first heaven issues that we face. I bless these leaders right now, and I ask you to walk through the sanctuary, those watching online, and I pray, Holy Spirit, that you place your hand on them and anoint them for this hour. I thank you for that. And those that are not in this room, their children, others that they have in their mind. Yeah, there's just, I can see the Holy Spirit resting on several of you. Holy Spirit, just come and impart this right now. This grace, some of you are gonna feel fire on your hands and fire on your lips. There's gonna be a shaking because there's an anointing coming on you right now for this season. Father, thank you. Brand them with your fire. And I just wanna be one of those that will bless and say we're not threatened if you're greater than the leaders that have gone before you or stand before you. We bless what you carry. We bless what God wants to do through you because you're called for this hour to bring the church into a new era. Thank you for this in Jesus' name. Okay, you can be seated. Um, wow, we didn't get very far. Um, <laughs> let's talk about Joshua's name for a moment. His original name was Hosea, which means salvation. But they added Yah, they, they added Joshua from Yehovah, which is, it's the God of salvation. By the way, it's a prefiguration of Jesus, but I wanna say this. The Joshua generation of which we are, we've had multiple prophetic words that we are a Joshua company of people. The first time I heard it was a gentleman named Paul King called us out by a word of knowledge. This was to my assistant standing next to me, Mike, where are you from Denver? You live off Wildcat Reserve Parkway. You're this age and this is the name of your wife. Would you stand up? Boom, the word came and then where's the Peter? And it gave, gave a word to a Peter 
that was somewhere else, but I knew it was for me. It says, you're a Joshua company. You will, you will, the land that you are assigned, you will, be, you will raise up a people that will rise up in courage and take the land. And so it means God is our salvation. So here's, here's the message in the name. You're not it, Jesus is. Jesus will save America. Jesus will save your neighbors. Jesus will save your community and your school. And so if you're a Joshua company, your declaration is, my Jesus will save. I'm confident in this. My Jesus has already entered the promised land. He has opened the veil. He has crossed the Jordan. He entered on a donkey. And he went to the cross and he's resurrected and seated at the right hand of the Father. He's already paid the price. It's done. My God saves. And so part of the identity we put on is a Joshua identity, which is God actually changes his name to describe his identity. So I just declare over you, Jesus saves. He's the God of salvation. You belong to that company of people where Jesus will save through your hands and through your lips and through your ministry. Second thing I want to say is he was an aide to Moses. And Moses was called the servant of the Lord. Did you know there's three designations for people in the scripture as they relate to the Lord? The first is we are one who ministers to the Lord. That's the assistance thing. My job in worship is not to get God to do something for me. My job in worship is to just offer my life as a living and holy sacrifice. The good, acceptable, and pleasing aroma to the Lord is acceptable worship. So I minister first to the Lord. That's how I assist him, by worshiping and surrendering to him and praising his name and declaring the nature of who God is. And then he says, you are my servant. Paul called himself a bond slave. I do what my father is doing. I do what Jesus assigns. And it says, Jesus at the close said, no longer do I call you a servant, but a friend. As we're faithful to minister to him and we become his servant, he then declares, these are my friends and I will hide nothing from them. So there's this transition that you're seeing. He's moving from A to the servant of the Lord. And in the Old Testament time, the highest person was the servant of the Lord. Not the priest, not the prophet, not the king, but the servant of the Lord. It was a designation that says, this is the highest honor I can bestow in the old covenant reality, which is servant of the Lord. Now in the New Testament, we actually become friends. And of course, Abraham was called a friend. So I just want to declare over you that you are now given the title servant of the Lord. And whatever the servant asks, the father does. Father, I need this miracle here. In the name of Jesus, the God who saves. Right? So right now, you need to posture yourself as, I carry Joshua, the God who saves. The God is my salvation. And you're also the servant of the Lord. You're transitioning from the time of simple ministry to the Lord. You'll never forget that. You're always that. To actually being the servant of the Lord that God uses. And not only that, you're his friend, and he'll show you all things. Okay, I'm still in the first verse. Um, 
came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua right there. You're gonna hear the audible voice of God clearly. You can have dreams and visions of your assignment and your steps. The question is not, um, Lord, how are you gonna do this? How are you gonna fix the problems of the world? The answer is, Lord, what are you, the question is, what are you doing? And what do you want me to do, know about it? What do you want me to know, Lord? And in light of that, what's my response supposed to be? The details are up to him. You can't part the Jordan, he can. You can't provide supernatural provision, he can't. So what do you want me to know, Lord? And in light of that, what are you asking me to do in response to that information? And if he says, step into the river and flood stage carrying the ark of my presence, and don't worry about the fact that that's impossible, just do it. <laughs> hmm. Lord, I thank you that we're now servants of the Lord. We think of that as slavery, but that's actually incredible. I get to minister what the Lord's doing in his name as a designated, what do you call it? I guess a designated servant. Wow. Father, you wanna use me in this situation? I do. The other word I see in this verse, I guess we're in verse two now. Moses, my servant's dead. There's that transitional leadership. Now, therefore, arise and go over this Jordan. The word arise, kum in Hebrew, let me read you the definition. I wrote this down. It means to stand up, to rise up, to become powerful, to show yourself and present yourself on the scene. To stand up from repose and get ready to move to maintain oneself, to be established and to be confirmed, to endure, be fixed, and to be set in place, to be valid or proven, and to arise into fulfillment and be fulfilled. Dude, arise. So when we say, let the church arise, it's saying, rise up in the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Lord. It's saying, present yourself on the scene and be part of the solution rather than cowering in fear in the background wondering what you're supposed to do. Arise and step in, get ready to move, get out of your slumber. It says in First uh, Thessalonians, or is it second? Oops, chapter five, I think it might be second. No, it's, is it first? First. Well, it's the one where it says the slumbering church needs to wake up. The days are evil. We are not children of the, the night where they get drunk and where they give themselves over to evil, but we are children of the light. Therefore, wake up, church, arise, and step into your role as a servant of the Lord. Is it 1 Thessalonians? 1 Thessalonians chapter five. It's most of the chapter. So we're gonna arise, church. You ready to arise? Lord, I declare that we will be a church that will arise. We will become powerful. 
We will take, we will present ourselves on the scene. We are fixed. We are taking our place. We are commissioned. We are established. We are now the servants of the Lord. We are ready to take the land that you have promised because you have spoken. Your promises are certain. Your promises are sure. We will be a Joshua people depending on the Lord's salvation. And we refuse to take a back seat any longer. But we will be that voice and we will be that person that is the servant that will make a difference in the world around us. Lord, just like Peter arose in Acts chapter 3 and Acts chapter 2, we will arise from our slumber and take our place. Lord, I thank you for an anointing across the room for a church to arise and take her place. I thank you that her voice, it's the decade of the mouth, is restored. I thank you for the courage and the boldness and the confidence to move forward because God has given the answer. In Jesus' name, amen. You can sit again. Whoo, pray. Okay, so we're then to go over the Jordan. There's three aspects to the Jordan. Do you know what Jordan is in Hebrew? It's Yadan. And Yadan means descent or going to the low place. So why is it that John the Baptist baptized in the Jordan River rather than the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Life? It doesn't make sense he'd do it in the Dead Sea. Why the Jordan? Because in order to step into it, I'm going to repent of my lofty ways and I'm going to descend to the place where I, I lay down my life and I accept the life of my Savior. Lord, forgive my sins. I'm going under in the valley of descent. The river of descent is what it means, the low place. And I will let you baptize me into that reality because it's not by my strength, but it's yours. I surrender my place and I'm going to cross through that descent and that low place. And when I come up, the Holy Spirit will rest on me for power into the new. So Yadon is this place of descent. It's also a river of harvest and life. It's at flood stage. And in flood stage, it's washing the nutrients. This is like the Ezekiel 47 uh, river that is uh, flowing with life in it at the harvest stage. It's wide. It's got all the nutrients that's needed for the fish in the sea and the, the, the fruit of the land to flourish because of its, its flood stage. So it's a river of harvest. You see what's happening. The church is being called to repent right now so that we can enter into the promises and to allow the cleansing fire of the Lord so that the harvest river of the Holy Spirit can touch the world around us. It's also a river of impossibility, which is it will take faith to cross it. So you can arise, but if you look at the circumstances and decide not to step in, we have a problem. But even in the name, even in what's happening with the river at harvest stage, it's a river of harvest for the world. It's a river of descent for the people of God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus, that there's like prophetic pictures like buried in the text here. Now, God gives him six promises. Let's just read these. I'll pick up in two. Moses, my servant's dead, therefore arise. We learned what that is. Go over this Jordan. By the way, he didn't say, wait till the flood stage stops. He just says, go over. 
<laughs> you and all the people to the land which I am giving to them. By the way, the I am giving, we've got this, um, and I have given you. Um, the force of that verb is, it's, an, it's, it's, a, it's a place where it's like, it's past tense, but it's also future and it's current, which means it's already done. I've already given the land to you. I've already given it to you. Therefore, arise, go step in, take it. Um, as I, and so it says here, here's the promise. Every place where the sole of your foot will tread upon, I've given you. As I said to Moses. So the promise that Joshua received is, when I take a step forward in faith, by the way, you took territory by walking the land. You remember how they divided the tribes? And they were to walk their land. They, the sandal was the place of inheritance. That's why the prodigal got his sandals back. Is um, you, you had shoes on to walk out the territory and say, this is mine. And it basically is saying, everywhere you step your foot with an idea of inheritance, that's yours. Uh, he doesn't say, well, if you obey me, or if this, if that, it's like, no. Everywhere you place your foot, promise number one. Lord, I thank you that the people right now in the church of Jesus Christ, everywhere they will step, with an eye to claim their inheritance, is theirs already. Second promise is in the text is this. Let's just read on. And then he outlines the territory. By the way, all of us have unique territory. This was the entire place. Some of you are called to a particular job for a season to take land and territory there. Some of you are called to cities. Some of you are called to the nation. Some of you are called to a family or a neighborhood. It doesn't really matter what your call is. God says, in what I've assigned to you, step forward. Put your foot down, that's yours. Second promise is, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Translation, no enemy and no wiles of man will prevent what God wants to do through your life. When Peter said, you are the Christ, you are the son of the living God in Matthew 16, you know, Jesus affirms that and says, um, you know, says that, um, you know, your father, blessed are you, Simon Peter, because the father has revealed this to you from heaven. And it says, I give you the keys of the kingdom and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against the advance of the church. So, I'm here and the Lord says, step in. And the promise is, when you step in, no opposition of the devil, no man, no circumstances, no family, no nothing will prevent you taking that step. All the days of your life. Wow. Okay, Lord, I'm gonna take those promises. I'm gonna get this land and no one's gonna stand in my way. Devil, By the way, if there's assignments from any of the dark side here, we just, we just bind that in Jesus' name. And we just say, this is a house of the Lord and the consuming fire of the Lord will be like a hound of heaven to bring you to Jesus. Because it's not safe for you here otherwise. Hmm. 
What's the next promise? Let's read on. I have no idea where I'm at in my notes. We're good. By the way, is this like New Testament? Jesus sent them out, 12 and 70, two by two, said heal the sick, cast out devils, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, eat with the sinners, and I've given you power and authority and lightning will fall like heaven as Satan is defeated and you will trample the enemy as you advance. I mean, it's literally how it works. It's just, we're looking at an Old Testament book that is a typology, a prefiguration of what it looks like to walk as a believer in Christ. Then it goes on, so I will be with you. I will neither leave you nor forsake you. Wow, there's another promise. By the way, didn't Jesus say that at the end of the Great Commission? Lo, I'm with you to the end of the age. So there's a good picture. Um, I'm gonna just put my hand on the mane of the lion and as I move and he roars, <laughs> Aslan, go get him. <laughs> you know, you get the picture, he's like, he's with me. What's, what's, what's Dwayne's name, the guy that plays the rock in Fast and Furious, all that? Dwayne Johnson. This would be like skinny old Peter walking into a demonic territory, all this stuff happening, and I walk on, and they look at me and go, oh, I take this guy out. But then Dwayne shows up. And, and he's riding shotgun on my shoulder. This is Jesus. He's bigger than Dwayne, by the way. And it's like, I could say, you, you guys, out of here. And Jesus goes, mm-hmm. And... <laughs> I mean, you gotta get a picture of what this means. I will be with you when you go. There's something about grabbing a hold of that reality. <laughs> oh dear, I can't believe I did that, but I did that. <laughs> it's a good picture though, isn't it? By the way, Joshua relied on God's past faithfulness in the wilderness. And as a result, took courage in the moment. The command was be courageous. Be strong and courageous. Let's just hit that one for a minute. Courage establishes leadership and it shifts the status quo. The status quo is like a giant surface tension bubble. If you ever try to put a five gallon bucket in a pool, fill it with water, turn it upside down and try to lift it out, I challenge you, see if you can do it. The surface tension of the entire pool will pull against that five gallon bucket and you will not break that surface tension. But a transitional leader who's centered in the Lord is bold and courageous and they pop through that barrier and they establish a new one. That's what's happening with leadership right now is they will no longer be fearful, but they will be strong and courageous and they will step through and reestablish a status quo. That's what this transitional leadership looks like. Courage is not the absence of fear, but the mastery over it. 
A true leader is confident in himself and God alone so that he can overcome fear and intimidation. I wrote some thoughts of courage. Courage is essential to leadership because people follow those with clarity of vision and courage to step out in a new direction. You know, if you're actually moving with the Lord, people will recognize it. That's how we're gonna recognize these new leaders is we're gonna see them step out in courage and we'll go, God's on that. It's a byproduct of our faith in God's faithfulness, his power, and his unwavering commitment to his promises. And here's the other thing. Joshua asked people to follow him to a place he'd not yet been. He spied out the land. God's God's vision of it, but he never crossed the Jordan at flood stage. But he went. I feel like the Lord's stirring some of you to step up into some possibilities you've been wondering, Lord, is that you? Can I do this? Will you back me? What's this about? Lord, I declare we will be a people that will move in courage and in boldness. May it be like when the Pharisees saw Peter and John and said, who are these untrained men? But they saw they were Jesus because they saw the boldness and the courage on these men. And when they stood against that persecution, the very foundation of the temple shook and they said, oh Lord, give us great boldness that we might preach your word with all boldness and authority. And they did not back down. And the word of God spread and thousands more were saved. So Lord, I thank you for a people of courage, a Joshua company who will take that step in, in courage into a new reality. I bless them in Jesus' name. Got to tie us up here. There's, (laughs) There's one more piece on this promise. I'm debating whether I should go to the next verses. I think I can do it. It was meditate on the word of God day and night. Do you know what meditate means? It's a Hebrew word for chewing with the mouth. It's iterating in your mouth. It's like a cow chewing cud. You take it into your spirit and then from your spirit man, you meditate on it in your mind. Pastor Scott tells me he visualizes people getting out of wheelchairs for a year before he saw that happen. He visualizes God moving. What does it look like to visualize and meditate on what would it look like if God came to my neighborhood and my neighbors or my job? Meditate on the word day and night and follow it as God speaks and you will find yourself successful and victorious. Lord, I pray your word would be so clear and you'd give us dreams and visions of what you want to do that as we consider this, our way will become successful. I thank you that you're doing this right now in Jesus' name. Here's how you do it. I'll read verse 10. We'll probably stop. Can I have another five minutes? Okay, good. (laughs) Joshua 1, verse 10, then Joshua commanded the officers of the people saying, pass through the camp, command the people saying, prepare provisions for yourselves for within three days, 
You will cross over this Jordan to go in to possess. The Hebrew word is yarash, the land which the Lord your God is giving you to possess. The Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, by the way, they'd already come into their territory. Joshua spoke to them saying, remember the word that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you. The Lord your God is giving you rest and is giving you this land. Your wives and your little ones, your livestock shall remain in the land which Moses gave to you on this side of the Jordan. So they, three tribes had taken their land on the east side of the Jordan. And he said, that's great, your wives and livestock, but the rest of you, you're coming with the entire company to help them take their land. It says, you shall pass before your brothers armed with your mighty men of valor and help them until the Lord has given you breath, your brethren rest as he gave you and they have also taken possession of the land which the Lord your God is giving them. Then you shall return to the land of your possession and enjoy it, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you on this side of the Jordan. Two things I want to highlight, and we'll close with these. The word yarash, boy, I just love the sound of that. Yarash. It means to dispossess what is illegally possessing yours. <laughs> So the enemy is a squatter on the land that belongs to the Lord. I'm going to Yerosh. I'm going to take what belongs to the Lord. Why this could happen in the natural is Abraham was delayed, the people of Abraham, for 430 years until the sin of the land reached its full measure. And God was willing to shake that land and give it to the people of God. Now, Right now, we know that the enemy is a defeated foe. It's already been given. And we are to dispossess that which he has hold of and say, this belongs to Jesus. Do you feel the emphasis of that? I don't know if it's winning a city. I don't know if it's issues you're facing as you're doing kingdom ventures, but it's time to your rush. <laughs> Take that spot. The second thing is, those that have already won some of their victories are to go with those that have not and help them. Do you hear the family unity of what's happening? Moms and dads in the faith, right now, some of you have already possessed some of your inheritance. It's time you also go and march before them. By the way, it says pass through the people, take up frontline positions and help them receive their inheritance. So these transitional leaders that we hear about, it's time moms and dads, we say, all right, we're gonna help them take their territory and their land. It's, it's communal, it's not individualistic. Lord, I just pray that as a family, we'll learn how to take territory together. That we'll bless each other's assignments, we'll bless what each is called to and we will be focused and strong and courageous, believing in the promises of God. And we will have the courage to take that step into the impossibilities and see the enemy dispossessed. Let's stand. I think I've probably said enough. You know, I should probably say this. There are still enemies in your land. And there is a fight at hand. That's right. 
The warrior bride still needs to fight. Having done all, stand. Fight the good fight of faith. Says it in numerous places. It would be really awesome if suddenly they'd all be beamed out and you just kind of walk in. But there is a, there's a militancy. It says the kingdom of God is suffering violence and the violent will take it by force. <laughs> That's in Matthew 11. Somewhere in like verse four or five, I can't remember. No, it's after, it's, it's like nine. That sounds right, because it's after John the Baptist is offended in verse six. I just want to declare to you the fight is already won, but you will have a fight. That's why you need to be strong and courageous. Your eyes are fixed on the author and perfecter of your faith. Jesus has already crossed into the land. Are you willing to step in? So, Father, I thank you for this word today for the church. I thank you that this is a Joshua season where the church is advancing, where there's new territory to be taken. I thank you, Lord, that you will dispossess the enemies in the land of each of these. I thank you that we as a community, not only at Bridgeway, but at The Rock, at, at Church of the Lookout, at Res Anglican, all our friends, Church of the Front Range, Encounter Church, Lord, all of the churches of the area, those that we run with, we're saying, we will go in together. We thank you, Father, for a mighty move. We thank you, we, Lord, we say yes to the stirring today. Lord, there's been this invitation to fire, a fire of repentance, a fire of cleansing and healing, and now it's like the Lord is saying to Isaiah, whom shall I send? So, Lord, that's the question before us. Whom shall I send, and what is the assignment? And so, Lord, we as a people are asking, what is our assignment in this hour? Because we, we no longer want to be backseat spectators as the world shakes and the church is advancing. We thank you for this. And Lord, I just thank you for the impartation. I can see the, the fixedness on your mind. And I just bless them in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Father, for grace and power to walk in these realities. It's in the strong name of Jesus we pray. Amen. All right, let's give the Lord a hand. We're gonna open up the front for ministry. Scott, if you wanna help uh, facilitate this, maybe grab the mic. Um, if some of you don't know Jesus, this would really be a good time to get to know Jesus. This would be a good time to say yes. You could be watching us online. Um, I, I, hope, I don't know if we're still on, hopefully we are, and uh, any of you here, um, if you'd make your way over, would you pull up the salvation banner, Scott? We're just gonna invite anyone that would like to meet Jesus, just talk about what that looks like, to stand up and come over to the, um, the salvation, is that what it says? What's it say? It's backwards, upside down, there it is, <laughs> salvation banner, um, if some of you are actually needing courage right now, you're facing a circumstance, here's the deal. The corporate community is designed to come around you and help you fight your battles. Did you hear that in the last part of the text? So if you're fighting a battle right now for encouragement, for hope, and you know you're facing an impossible circumstance, you might need the body to come around you. And I'm just gonna invite our ministry team up. Jeff, why don't you come up? Some, our staff in the front row. 
uh, others that have uh, gone through the kingdom ministry class or would like, you know, that have been authorized to be part of ministry, make your way up. We would love to just pray with you and stand with you. Here's what I want, folks. I want you to stand in faith uh, for these and just um, bless. John is standing by the salvation banner. Um, we're just gonna invite some of you up. I feel like some of you were stirred in faith. Did you feel that stirring in faith today? Yes. That was what the Holy Spirit wanted to do. And if you just want someone to partner with you in that and you just, you just need that strength, just make your way up here. Let's put some music on. We'll just allow this to be our ministry close. Um, we'll be in Joshua chapter two next week. And um, I'm just gonna invite you to make your way up. Find somebody here. If everyone's taken, uh, stand in line. And they would, these, these folks would love to pray with you. I see some people. Raise your hand if you're a ministry person. You don't have anyone that you're praying for. Make your way here. Do we have some music, Nick, that we can put on or back there? Just play something while we minister. Thank you, Father, for your ministry today. We thank you for each of these for courage. Thank you for these that are exploring Jesus. I bless each on the, uh, that are watching online. I pray for salvation. Just invite Jesus into your heart. If you're watching online and you need courage, take the faith that's in the room right now. Put your hand on your heart. And just declare, Lord, I receive courage. I receive strength. I receive hope. I receive the Joshua anointing of the God is my salvation. And I receive that in my life right now. And I just welcome you to strengthen me. Holy Spirit, come and strengthen me. We just bless you from here. We just honor what God is doing. Send in a text testimony to us, either online now or next week, of what God is doing. We just bless you. Thank you that God is touching you. Amen. All right, we'll see you all next week.